0: Section 0 of Journal of the Rev. Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Schaefer. Journal of the Rev. Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 0. Advertisement. The following is the preface which Mr. Asbury prefixed to the first number of the second volume of his journal, which was printed during his lifetime. In the month of September, in the year of our Lord, one thousand seven hundred and seventy one, I embarked in England for America, at which time the memoirs I have written of my life commenced. As I considered my station on the American continent, In the order of divine providence, as a situation in which I should frequently be exposed to censure and jealousy, I thought it highly expedient, for my own satisfaction and the confirmation of my friends, to keep an impartial diary of my intentions, resolutions, and actions, as a Christian and a minister, that I might have, through this medium, a constant and reasonable answer for mine accusers. From the nature and design of the work, it must have in it many things, both unpleasing and uninteresting, to curious and critical readers, and, perhaps, some things exceptional, even to those who enter into its spirit and read it with affection. In keeping a journal of my life, I have unavoidably labored under many embarrassments and inconveniences. My constant traveling, the want of places of retirement and conveniences to write, my frequent calls to the pulpit, my extensive epistolary correspondence, and my debility, and sometimes inability of body, have all been inseparable from my station in the Church, and so many impediments to the perfection of the account of my labours and sufferings in this country. The first volume of the extract of my journal was published, many years after it was written, under the management of others it being out of my power to attend the press, or even to read over the copy before it was printed. Footnote. This volume, now reprinted, was corrected by the author. End of footnote. Several inconveniences attending that volume will be avoided in this. For many years I did not determine to publish a second volume of the extract of my journal, but the advice of my friends and the prospects of my approaching dissolution, have determined me on its publication. Footnote. This determination was not carried into effect, except one small number, which is now republished with the corrections of the author. End of footnote. As I have no certain dwelling place in America, my manuscripts have frequently been exposed to be lost and destroyed, but by the permission of divine providence i have collected them together the methodists of late years have become a more numerous body consequently more obnoxious to their enemies the scripture is fulfilled even amongst us also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them some who were for a long time our confidential friends and fellow laborers, are now become our most inveterate foes, and have written and published books against our characters, government, and discipline. And as I am considered the most ostensible character in the Methodist church in America, I have frequently to bear the greatest weight of their invectives. But impartial readers will not, I am persuaded, give an implicit assent to the asseverations of those who may be under personal resentment against the body or individuals without duly considering the possibility of their being influenced by self-interest jealousy or prejudice and as i have been under god and my brethren the principal overseer of the work in america and have constantly travelled from the centre to the circumference of the connection I flatter myself that reasonable men will acknowledge that I have always had an opportunity of obtaining better information relative to the true state of the whole work than any other man could possibly have. Would it not then be highly injudicious to prefer a history of Methodism, written by men of small and contracted information, and apostates from its principles, to such a history of its progress as will be presented to the public in my journals, and, if I may be credited, I can declare that in the critical and delicate circumstances that I have been necessitated to stand in relative to the characters of men, I have never knowingly deviated from the principles of that sacred charity which obligates us to treat each other with all possible tenderness. If I have injured the character of man, woman, or child, in journal representation, I have done it inadvertently, and sincerely ask their pardon. In stationing the preachers, I have known no man after the flesh, but have, to the utmost of my power, endeavored to keep an eye to the glory of God, the usefulness of the ministry, and the benefit of the people." i have attempted to give a simple narration of facts in the integrity of my heart and in the fear of god my intention is as much as possible to remove every hindrance out of the way and to give no occasion for offense to any man but if after all my attempts prove unsuccessful i can in the approbation of my own heart and in the company of my old, faithful, and constant American friends and brethren, through the medium of my journal, look back upon what God has wrought and say, Hitherto the Lord hath helped. We can thus comfort and console ourselves with the past loving kindness of the Lord, and the years in which His right hand hath been bare will thus, to us, be rendered more delightful. I had thoughts of leaving my manuscripts to the executors of my will, to be published by them after my death, but found, upon reconsideration, that their contents respecting persons and things were of such a nature that no person could do it so well as myself. Footnote. The greater part of the journal which follows was left in manuscript, but revised under the author's inspection as far down as the year 1807. See the transcriber's notice and page 454, volume 3 of the following journal. End of footnote. Should my life be spared, the volumes will be brought forward in course. As soon as one is disposed of, another will be put to press until the whole is published francis asbury notice of the transcriber the name of the venerable author of the following journal will create for the work so deep and enduring an interest in the hearts and minds of those for whom it was more especially prepared that it becomes proper the transcriber should give some account of the manner in which he conducted the work of transcribing so that those who are concerned may have satisfactory assurances of its genuineness. The ill health by which Bishop Asbury was so much of his life a sufferer, the crowds in which he was too often compelled to live in the West and South, the succession of visitors he thought it his duty at all times of leisure to receive, his ministerial labors, and, above all, the constant occupation of mind which the important concerns of a church so great in membership so widely extended and rapidly increasing necessarily occasioned left the first superintendent of that church few means of rendering his journal more perfect the transcriber has not attempted to improve it by giving his own for the authors some things in the original work he has taken the liberty of leaving out of the transcript but there are not many of these and they are most of them in that part of it which the bishop himself examined during his life the transcriber not infrequently found a confusion of dates and sometimes as he thinks a mistake in the names of persons and things more especially in the author's geographical notices of the districts through which he made his annual tour the emendations in this last particular are not it is to be feared always correct in places where the author has left by inadvertence a sentence unfinished a thing not uncommon the transcriber has always tried to supply what was wanting and where hurry has occasioned evident mistake as in the case in a few instances he has ventured upon correction but he is not sure that in every attempt he has been successful to those persons yet living who had by habits of intimacy with bishop asbury become acquainted with the peculiarity of his conversational and epistolary manner of expressing himself the style of the present work may not be so pleasing because it is not so exactly the style they expected not so decidedly the bishop's but they must recollect that the author's intention in keeping his journal was to make a faithful record for posterity, and the transcriber never forgot that its value, in this respect, would be better understood and more highly appreciated by those who can only know the author by his work. The abruptness of sentence in its beginning or its break, the sudden light flashed upon a subject by a suggestion conveyed in words few and strong, the names descriptive as painting he was wont to bestow upon persons and things all these live only in the memory of his surviving friends and with them must pass away but that which is of more importance the identity of bishop asbury in the commencement the continuance and wonderful increase of methodism in this country will give a perpetuity of interest in the record here offered, which nothing else can give. The transcriber would not, however, have it supposed that he has entirely departed from Bishop Asbury's style. On the contrary, he presumes he has been enough observant of this to satisfy most readers, inasmuch as the bishop himself, when he examined what had been transcribed up to 1807, altered but once, and then not much. THE PUBLIC MAY REST ASSURED THAT THE WORK IS THE AUTHOR'S, BUT HERE THE TRANSCRIBER MUST BE PERMITTED TO SPEAK IN THE FIRST PERSON. WHEN I GIVE THIS ASSURANCE, I MUST BE UNDERSTOOD TO MEAN FROM THE YEAR 1780 TO THE END OF THE JOURNAL. THE ORIGINAL MANUSCRIPT OF ALL THAT PRECEDED THAT DATE I NEVER SAW. I ONLY KNOW THAT WHEN PRINTED IT DID NOT PLEASE THE AUTHOR. THE JOURNAL OF BISHOP ASBURY MIGHT HAVE BEEN BETTER i once ventured to express my unavailing wishes to him that he had left out many of the uninteresting incidents and travelling notices we find in it and had put in more of the deep reflections and acute remarks on men books and passing events continually afloat in his powerful and observant mind and that for the sake of his brethren in the ministry who should follow him he had made the skeletons of his sermons more perfect and had added many more. His reply, uttered with such feeling, would have satisfied every candid mind that it was by no ordinary effort so much had been done. F. Hollingsworth, March 28, 1821 End of Section Zero Recording by Bill Schaefer